Interested in real estate? How about wealth? Well, they go hand in hand. And here, you'll learn all about it. Welcome to Be The Bank, a podcast where we discuss and debate the topics centered around real estate investing. Your host, Justin Bogard, shares insights into investing in real estate to create real wealth and passive income for you and your family. He'll share stories of real estate investments done right, walk you through the process of owning a real estate note, and most importantly, educate you so you can be the bank. This is Be The Bank, brought to you by Bright Path Notes. Now, here's your host, Justin Bogard. We're getting ready to close out 2022. Can you believe that? This is episode number 25. I'm Justin Bogard, and it's brought to you by Bright Path Notes. Today, let's talk about some of the end-of-year stuff and see what's, and see what's happening in uh, the, your accounting world and your retirement world. Stay tuned. Richard Thornton, what is up, dude? Mr. Bogard, it's a wonderful day here in California. Uh, we are between rainstorms, and that's a good thing. Um, not that uh, it's not raining today because we need all the rain that we can get, but that we're getting rain in general, so we need it. Yeah, wildfires? Uh, yeah, keep the wildfires down, but mostly to uh, replenish the aquifers. and uh, Aquifers? Most, most of the lakes are down about a quarter uh, of where <clears throat> it will be. So Nice. Well, it's FIVA country right now. Mm-hmm. If you are a person of sports, like a fanatic of any sport, you should just go ahead and enjoy some FIVA football, or we call it soccer here in America. And uh, the magic word is goal. You got to hold it as long as you can. Ah. It has to be very dramatic. Ah. When a goal is scored, because it doesn't happen often, unless you're Portugal, because they won their game like six to one. I think mm-hmm. as we're recording this, it was like a day or two ago when they won their game. And that's a very high score for uh, football or soccer. They say. Mm-hmm. Most my games are, are. My neighbors are real uh, sports fans, and they've got one of these supersized yeah. uh, TVs. When I say supersized, I mean it's like six or seven feet across. And. Uh, yeah. At two o'clock in the morning, I hear them hooting and hollering. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That is what I'm talking about. I like that. Mm-hmm. Big old party out there. I'll come that's visit right. you in Petaluma so I can come watch the sports games on that big old TV. That's right. Awesome. Richard, we're almost done with 2022. Can you believe that? We are. It has been a very busy year for you and I. We've actually bought more more notes this year than... Uh, we have in previous years, and we've done it on a onesie twosie basis, which means it's been a lot of work because it was portfolio. Yeah, as you know, we're trying to move into portfolios, and we're uh, building up a, a fund to do that, um, amongst other things. But um, it's been a busy year. It has. Into the year comes reconciliation, right? Yes, reconciliation with your accounting. Mm-hmm. reconciliation with your portfolio, with your retirement account, with your wealth strategies. Mm-hmm. And so us as note investors, we take this time to kind of just revisit and audit. Again, we should be auditing throughout the year very regularly, probably more than just quarterly, but probably almost monthly. You should be auditing, auditing your portfolio. And so that's kind of what I'm doing end of year auditing for our business and then uh, uh, the business that I have with just me. 
pause yeah. for dramatic effect there. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Little. So, yeah, I mean, I, I find <laughs> that, that, uh, right. Find that, um, uh, th th there's challenges both on the just regular straight accounting side um, and also on the self-directed IRA side, if you have any uh, funds there. Um, I had to go through quite a training uh, experience with my accountant really, uh, in terms of uh, income coming in, amounts paid off, uh, what happens when you sell a partial, et cetera, et cetera. So um, be, beware if you are a note holder. Yeah, it's, it's not difficult. It's just you want to be – this is where precision comes in, right, Richard? You want to be precise with what you're doing because you really want to capture all the things that go on with your note. It's not just about collecting the monthly payment. It's about collecting the payment and understanding what's going out. <laughs> Once it comes in, what's going out, right? You have, you have some expenses. You have monthly servicing costs. If your loan has a little bit of a hiccup in it, you might have additional servicing costs or maybe some legal or attorney fees involved. And then you also have expenses where you may want to check up on the property and send somebody out there. So all those expenses, you want to make sure that you're capturing in your accounting software, especially if you have many loans. I'd say probably uh, when you get to the four plus window with loans, you, you definitely need to have some accounting software to help you at the end of the year, right, to reconcile your accounts and to make sure that the interest that you are collecting is you know, it's going to be taxable towards you and, and your accountant and your CPA can talk to you about that specifically about your situation. I'm just talking about my situation and my experience. That's kind of what we're doing right now, which is going over all that to make sure we are accounting for all that. So we can look at the end of the year, Richard, and go, what was our profit and loss on each loan? Oh, we're actually making money. That's great. We made a good decision. Yeah. And, and one of the things that, that I constantly hear about from different you know fellow note investors is that um, the discrepancy between what the servicer says your income was and <clears throat> what your principal pay down was <clears throat> and what your accountant thinks it is. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's a tough one um, yeah. because in some cases, either one can be wrong, but services have got a lot of moving parts and do. frankly, you're quite often wrong. So you've really got to be on top of that. Yeah. It's, it's easy to make a mistake and a mm -hmm. penny can roll into many pennies to many dollars to hundreds of dollars to thousands of dollars. And, and before you know it, things get out of control. That's why we're constantly auditing the account. Uh, servicers are great and they're needed, right? But they are human and they can make errors and they can, um, they can make adjustments in their software that maybe weren't necessary or that were incorrect. And your accountant is going to have your best interest in mind at the end of the day. And that's who it needs to help you audit your accounts. If you just have a couple of loans, it's easy to do it by yourself. But when you have many loans, Richard and I, uh, it's tough to do it by yourself. So you definitely need a second set of eyes or an accountant or a bookkeeper kind of following you along, making sure that things are accounted for properly. Yeah, I wouldn't even begin to do it by myself. Um, I, I didn't even start out that way because honestly, you know, there's a whole concept of working in or on your business. Right. And if you're in your business that much uh, doing the accounting, um, unless you want to just be a very minimal investor, onesie, twosie a year or something like that, you've got to have help because it's just, uh, <clears throat> it's difficult. Yeah. So I don't have a lot of retirement account issues because we don't have very many loans in our retirement account right now today. Mm -hmm. uh, but you had mentioned something to me in the past about some of the, some of the partials that you've done. There's been, some some hiccups to 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 put it lightly as far as the accounting with your with your custodian so let's talk about 
what I'm trying to explain, I want you to explain it, Richard. I don't want to steal your thunder per se with the topic, but um, go ahead and drive us down that conversation. Yeah. So the problem lies, and this this is where um, you've uh, usually sold a partial uh, to somebody. And even though a lot of um, self-directed IRA companies are overall very, very yeah. good, they have a, a lot of turnover in their sort of day-to-day, um, I don't want to say accounting staff, but, but staff that keeps track of various um, accounts. And so um, if you're not careful, they will eliminate an asset in your portfolio um, if it's a note. How does that happen? What do I mean? Uh, I'll give you a, a loose example. I bought a $50,000 uh, note, um, paid $40,000 for it, uh, sold it at a premium. Um, this is example one uh, at 42000 Okay. I only sold the first five years um, of the partial. I was able to cash out of it, <clears throat> bought it at a very high rate, high rate and sold it at like 6% or something like that. With the rate differential, I was basically able to cash out. My accountant, or not my accountant, my account manager on the IRA side said, "Oh, you know, Richard has uh, sold out of this port, out of this asset. Guess what? Um, null and void, uh, and it's out. And if you're, and actually, that's happened to me twice now. Okay. Um, and uh, either that, or um, if I happen to collect." Um, say I had the the uh, asset in my portfolio for a year or two. So some of the UPB was paid down and things like that. And okay. then I sold a partial. Well, if I sold a partial over what they think my basis is, um, they will uh, eliminate that from my portfolio. And then uh, if you're not careful, all of a sudden when the end of the partial comes along, you have to put it back into the portfolio and they say, well, wait a minute, you don't have an asset. You can't mm. put that back into your your portfolio because it was never there. Well, guess what? It was there, but they deleted it. So it's, it sounds like it's a, a system issue on probably most custodians will probably run that issue because partials are not a big part of what they do transactions on. So they're probably not as familiar with it. I'm just, I'm trying to bat on their behalf here, Richard. Right. 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 <laughs> but I get what you're saying because the simplicity of it, if you bought something for 40,000 and you sold it for 41,000, you have a gain and you've also recouped your entire investment back. So it, it appears that the investment has been liquidated and you're moving on to your next investment. So, plus, yes. Plus they no longer see any income coming yes. into the account. You sold a right. five year partial. You're not going to get it. It's just going to sit there for five years. Yeah, so it's disguised as a liquidated asset, and so that's probably why they do that. So this is a great point that you bring up to other people that have partials in their retirement accounts with these specialized custodians to monitor that situation. Again, you need to audit what you're doing. You need to audit your accounts and what's going on, not just your LLC portfolio, your personal portfolio, your trust portfolio, your retirement, whatever portfolio you have. You need to audit that. This is a good example of why. So you caught that. After the fact, I assume, or after the fact, the unfortunately, the, yeah, the first time it happened to me, uh, I had no idea. And that's, that's part of the problem. It's sort of insidious because they delete it. They don't tell you they deleted it unless you are you know, hyper um, focused to look for that asset in your uh, portfolio. You won't yeah. know that they've removed it. 
Uh, and the only way I caught the, that for the first time is that one of my partial buyers came back to me about a year later and said, gee, I'm sorry, I've had a life-changing experience here. Would you buy the partial back? And I said, yeah, sure, that's fine. You know, I had, I had honestly made money on the purchase. I was just going to resell it, and it was it was fine. Mm -hmm. But my self-directed IRA company, my custodian, said, uh, you don't have anything to put this back into. <laughs> what do you mean I don't have anything to put this back into? Yeah. So. So is it just a paperwork thing? You have to redocument it and prove that that asset should never have been taken out. And this is, you know, just something that you have to put back in there. Is that what happens? Yeah. They've got to go back to their, you know, different supervisors and levels. Yeah. And it's basically just a pain in the tail. You can get it done. Yeah. But honestly, you know, I got that done uh, one year out. If I had been five or six or seven years out and all of a sudden you've got new account executives and new supervisors, they may go, sorry, Charlie. So, And they're not going to let you just all of a sudden put that into your portfolio because that's seen as a contribution. Gotcha. When you're limited to six or $7,000 right now as a contribution, guess what? Yeah, depending on the account that you have, right? That would be for like a like a Roth IRA type account. <clears throat> Yeah, exactly. And and um, so what that means is you can no longer put it back in your account. So you now have to uh, claim that as a gain. So it is a administrative little stressful situation there. But the good news is for those of you listening, you know, this is this is a bump in the road that can happen that you have to stay on top of. But your servicer is really in control of what's going on of the deal. So you're not just because a custodian that he has says that they, he doesn't have that asset anymore. doesn't actually mean it's true. It's just the custodian side of it. And what they view is saying that uh, the servicer still manages and controls the entire note situation. So Richard doesn't have to worry about losing the asset as far as in the eyes of the public setting in his retirement account. It's just in the eyes of his custodian. Uh, yeah. And it means I'm going to get taxed a whole lot of money. <laughs> If right, forty thousand dollars left. I'm suddenly going to be paying taxes on that forty thousand dollars, which I'd rather not do. Right, but you, you fix it through the custodians. I guess is what I'm saying. You mean you fix it through the servicer? Well, no, the custodian that's managing your account, because that's what you said. The partial was disappeared from. Yeah, the service. As far as the servicer is concerned, everything's fine. They've yep. been doing their their yep. thing as they're uh, supposed to be doing. You're right. It's the custodian yep. that has made the error and therein lies the problem. Right. Therein, therein lies the problem right on. <laughs> right. Right. So what else are you doing at the end of the year, Richard? I'm, you know, we're, we're going through, we're auditing our files. We're, we're uh, probably goal setting for the next year, the 2023 season. Is that what you're doing? Yeah, um, exactly. I mean, I, I think that we have pretty ambitious goals for setting up the the fund, um, the range is uh, five to ten million dollars, and I think just as soon as we get that put to bed, we're going to open up another one because I do think this is the time to um, to be perfect time to be on the on top of the market. Um, I think we're going to change a format from a five hundred six B to a five hundred six C, which will mean that we can actually uh, go bigger and larger. Um, but this is sort of the time to to be looking towards. Uh, taking that dry cash, I think, this coming year yeah. that you had, um, looking around and does it. Prices aren't quite down yet, uh, but they are coming back. I, I think it bears repeating um, that we think a lot of the reperforming notes out there 
um, are going to be much higher quality than they were before. And they're really worth looking yeah. at. Yeah, we're definitely taking a look at those. There'll be some nice non-performing loans coming through at a, at a higher price band, probably the 150 to 250 range. It'll be a nice sweet spot to be in. There won't be a lot of buyers for it unless they're hedge fund buyers. And then, you know, the traditional seller finance, private mortgage, private carryback type of loans that we've been going after for the last several years, that's going to be a big part of uh, this chunk as well. So any, and by the way, a little side note, any uh, wholesaler, Fix and flipper, what we call just kind of a, a seller financier. If you're creating loans, um, connect with us. You know, connect with us uh, through through our emails. I'm Justin at brightpathnotes.com. Richard is Richard at uh, Richard at amnotecap.com. And let us help you set up things the compliant way and the right way, and give you some little advice and some experience that we've gone through, so you can create some some good notes. Because uh, we're interested in buying them. Uh, we've even bought them at the funding table before. It depends on the situation, but that's what we're we're open to and looking at. Yeah, you know, another thought too, Justin, is for um, our listeners who don't want to make this full time job like you and I yeah. have, and, and maybe want to stay uh, somewhat smaller because they've got family or day job, day job or whatever. Um, look towards uh, just setting up a small LLC uh, with some friends and family. And pulling together one, two, three million dollars, whatever it is, not not a lot, but invest that as a pool because if you do that, you can move into larger assets. You can move into yeah. the one fifty to two fifty category. You're getting cleaner product. You're getting better product. Um, it's easier to service, um, and it, you can get the yields that uh, you used to be able to get on, um, uh, let's say, smaller stuff. Yeah, you buy in bulk, you get bulk pricing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. All right, Richard, 2023, um, the horizon is set. We noticed that interest rates have actually gone down a little bit recently. And so we're going to probably see that trend kind of bounce up and down on the rates uh, for, for a while. I, I don't know the Fed will do what they do, but I think it'll be up and down for a while. Um, I don't know if it'll go up as high as 8%. I don't know if it'll go up as high as 7%. But I think the five to six percent window is probably a pretty safe bet as far as interest rates will probably be hum humming around that point for a while. Mm -hmm. so you yeah, from what we can tell from the experts that we're talking with, that seems to be it's going to be uh, pretty much steady eddy up a little bit, down down a little bit. But there's yep. unless some huge thing happens, there's nothing going to send us to stratosphere. And if you if you've noticed one thing, I think is very significant is job market still strong yeah. even though inflation is up uh, and inflation is starting to i don't know if uh, if you've experienced this but gas prices have dropped a dollar a gallon uh, here in california which is pretty significant Can, oh yeah i was paying 5.95 a gallon um, for gas and so now that's dropped significantly that's over 20 percent, right <clears throat> yeah 20 percent drop and so <clears throat> Um, the fact that the economy is still strong um, in light of that, uh, those rate increases and things like that speaks well for, I think, what's going to come up this next year. Yeah, it's an interesting time that we're in. Every cycle that I've seen since I really started paying attention to the real estate market and the economy, probably since early 2000s, it's, it's been different. And a lot of the people that are mentors and have been doing this sort of thing or real estate in general since the 70s, they've... They've never really seen this type of market either. It's just unique how 
we have good job situations and we have uh, you know, good, good real estate uh, growth, even though it looks like some are receding just because they're overinflated. We've talked about that in previous podcasts, but yeah, it seems like a really good market, but then inflation is up too. So it's just an interesting time. You right. Know, how to so, adapt to it. One thing I'm hearing about here in the Bay Area too, and I know I know this will affect because more people are working from from home now. Yeah. So it will affect other markets. A lot of people have said, oh, you know, tech is laying off here and there and blah, blah, blah. Well, that's true. A lot of the giants are. But what I have found interesting from the different uh, networking events that I'm going to here is that the larger companies, uh, you know, not Google, but Facebook and everybody like that, uh, did overhire. They are laying off, but there is still such a dearth of uh, and such a need uh, for tech workers in the smaller tech companies um, that they think they're going to get absorbed. So they're really not looking for a, a huge uh, blip there. Yes, you know, a person may not be um, at Facebook or have someplace that's got quite the status, but they're certainly going to be employed and they're certainly going to be making uh, significant money. Right on. Awesome. Well, this is episode number 25. It's brought to you and sponsored by Bright Path Notes. <clears throat> so Richard, uh, we're going to switch gears a little bit here. And uh, what's on your Christmas list, man? Christmas list. Yeah. You want, did you go see Santa yet? <clears throat> uh, we have not seen Santa yet, but I, I, you know, I want some new toys. I want, I want, a, <laughs> I want a new, new computer. I want a new uh, camera to do videos with. I want okay. some toys. So. so you are going to be going on a special trip pretty soon, aren't you? I am. I'm going to be in Vietnam for five weeks. Okay. I'm going to be trying to do part of that as a workcation, workcation. and test out this note investing, and you can do it for any from anywhere Um uh Theory and I um, transferred my phone service recently to Google Fi, and for those of you who don't know that, and I'm not pitching Google Fi here, but uh, you can go to 150, like 150 uh, countries and not um, change your phone, cell phone number, so you can call me wherever I am um, on my San Francisco number here, and it'll still, you know, go, go straight through. I don't have to change SIM cards. I don't have to do anything. I just Pick up the phone. Now, it may be 3 o'clock in the morning when you call me, but that's a different issue. That will be awesome. I'm going to plan that. I want to know the exact hour difference so I can plan that and just start 15, blowing you 15 up. 15 for you and 12 for me, big guy. <clears throat> 15 so, hours time difference? That's right. So 6 o'clock in the morning, um, <clears throat> 6 o'clock in the evening, your time will be 6 o'clock in the morning, my time. Uh, be, so we're going to have some uh, different meetings. You'll be, uh, you'll be sipping a beer and I'll be sipping coffee. <laughs> or it could be the vice versa. You could, could be, be sipping a beer and could I could be. be sipping on a tea. <laughs> could be. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. I, I know that you're going to be going uh, with your significant other. So that's going to be great. Have a little bit of uh, fun out there. Have you been to Vietnam before? I have. Uh, I've been to central and southern. And this time we're going to go to northern and uh, down to down to central. So, um this yeah. is gonna this is gonna be interesting when you get out there. If there's a delay on the phone, I'm kind of curious if, if there's a big long delay on the phone or on the internet <clears throat> between you know wherever you're gonna be at on on internet connection, wherever I'm at. Uh, so it's gonna be interesting. We'll see. I did not have that happen last time uh, I was there, but um, we'll we'll see. I I think if you as you and I discussed a little bit, um, 
most of the Asian countries do not have the legacy problems that the U.S. have, meaning mm -hmm. that they didn't lay a whole bunch of hard wire, so they're not beholden to that system. When cell phones came out, they went straight to antennas. So a lot of them actually have much higher internet speeds than we do. Nice. Um, because they're all working off of cell towers. Very nice. All right, Richard. This episode's going to come out right before Xmas. So everyone, wish you a very, very happy holiday and holidays to come. we got one more episode to end the year. It's episode number 25 brought to you by Bright Path Notes. I'm Justin Bogart. And the dude to my screen, I guess my screen right, on my left here, mm -hmm. is uh, Richard Thornton, the, right. the one and only. One and only. So have a good trip or a good uh, holiday, everybody. You too, Justin. I'm sure I'll talk to you before then. But um, All right, my friend. Take care, guys. We'll see you in the next good. episode. Bye -bye. Thanks for listening to Be The Bank. We hope you learned something from today's show. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review us. Plus, check out our Bright Path Notes channel on YouTube and follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Be The Bank and on Instagram at Be The Bank Podcast. Be The Bank is sponsored by Bright Path Notes. Thanks again for listening.